telekinesis, the ability to move things with my mind. I have dreamt about that since I was a kid. It'd be perfect. I wouldn't have to get up to like close the door, open the windows. It'd be it'd be wonderful. What what would you do with it? Um, probably make my coffee from the other side of the room. <laughs> day to day, I love it. Exactly. <laughs> Hi there, and welcome to this week's WP Elevation podcast. I'm Jin McEnany, and I'm the digital producer here at WP Elevation. You are in for a treat this week as we have Andy McElwain from GoDaddy with us. He's the chief content wrangler and community builder there, and he's got some fantastic tips for us, which you can get in a downloadable checklist with the uh, podcast. And the tips are all about creating content that actually works. So if you've struggled with actually getting content up or even then leveraging that content, this podcast is a must tune in. Andy walks us through the seven P's of creating content and you are going to love some of the tips he comes out with. Stay tuned. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. Hey, this episode of the WP Elevation podcast is brought to you by WP Elevation. Well, more specifically, it's brought to you by a bunch of our happy customers. See, frankly, I feel a little bit awkward telling you how great WP Elevation is because you're probably not going to believe me because WP Elevation is my baby. It's something that we started over three years ago. Of course, now we're a team of of, of coaches and mentors and we have hundreds and by the time you're listening to this probably thousands of members all over the world but it still really is something that I'm very passionate about and, and of course if you join WP Elevation we make revenue and we make profit so it's a little bit awkward if I tell you how great it is because you probably think I'm just trying to sell you on it and partially I am because I know how beneficial the program is. So what I'd love to do instead is just introduce you to some of our customers. So if you go to wpelevation.com slash the podcast, all one word, you'll be able to hear some of those stories from our customers and hear for yourself how WP Elevation has impacted their business and changed their lives. I hope you enjoy that and I hope you check it out at some point. Right now, let's get back to the podcast. Andy McElwain, thanks for joining us on the WP Elevation podcast. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So can you just give the audience just a brief overview of what who you are and what you do? Sure. So my name is Andy McElwain. I'm a member of the content team at GoDaddy. I work remotely from lovely Toronto, Canada. Most of my work uh, involves content in one form or another, whether that's webinars like the ones we've done with uh, Troy or um, blog posts or all sorts of other stuff, eBooks. I'm usually involved in one way or another. Uh, focus primarily on web design and web development topics. Beautiful. And you're doing some stuff with the pro, with GoDaddy Pro community. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So GoDaddy Pro is a uh, suite of tools that we offer for free um, to web designers and developers to help them manage their clients and more specifically manage WordPress at scale. So rather than, for example, having to log in and log out of a bunch of different clients, uh, GoDaddy accounts, you can access it all from one place. And there's other stuff that we have included as well, like Manage WP and uh, other neat tools that are really helpful. Sounds good. Uh, now, your, your, your passion and your focus is community and content. And in this podcast today, we've got half an hour and we're going to focus on the content side of things, which I think our audience will love. Um, uh, just 
I suppose as a web consultant, there's so many tools that you have to master. So why do you think that content, mastering content is such a critical thing for a web, uh, web consultant, web developer? Well, I think that there's um, a couple of aspects to it. The first one is that uh, in terms of your own work, when you're trying to go out there and promote yourself and find new clients, content is uh, probably the best way to go out and actually generate those leads. Uh, if you just rely on advertising, as soon as you stop running ad campaigns, those leads drop off. Word of mouth takes a long time to build up. Content is something that you can do out of the gate and start creating these assets that you can use for advertising, that you can use to fuel word, uh, fuel word of mouth referrals. Um, and it just fits into so many places throughout that marketing funnel and the customer lifecycle. So, uh, so that's one aspect for yourself in-house as a designer or developer. Um, on the flip side, it's also something that you can offer your clients. If you're building websites, chances are content is going to have to play a role in there somewhere. Mm. And uh, it's another service offering that you can provide. So not only are you building the website and taking care of the design and development, but if you can also get into producing content as well, that's another value add for your uh, website plans. And some people find this is one of the biggest things they struggle with. You know, I'm not a good writer. It's not my strength. Uh, you know, is it something that everyone can do? I think so. I think that uh, folks don't give themselves enough credit. I think that uh, anyone who's in the business of building websites and helping people get online, you know a lot. And you may not know as much as uh, somebody that you see as uh, an influencer or someone that you look up to, but people are looking up to you. There are people that refer to you as the professional, and that means you have things that you can teach, and that's all great fodder for creating content. Yeah, definitely. If you focus on your skills and what your strengths are and then use that as the content, that's a great way to start, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Now you've put together um, the seven P's of content creation. So can you just, and I thought we, we could go over that today because I love it. It's, they're easy to remember. And uh, I mean, there's so, we could go, we could do a whole podcast on just one of those P's. <laughs> but um, yeah, if we can try and go through those. And if we don't, Andy's put together a great um, checklist for us, a cheat sheet at the end that we can sort of go into a bit more detail on. But um, well, first of all, what, how, what made you sort of get this together and put it all together? So back when I was doing um, a lot of client work uh, and working with um, B2B marketing agencies and small biz marketing agencies, I found that um, having some way of templating a lot of the processes was really useful. It just helped you implement things much more quickly, which meant you could do more client work um, at any given time. And uh, I started thinking about, well, in terms of content production, is there a simple way of thinking about these things or is there a, a framework that you can reference just to make sure that you're hitting on all the things you need to hit on? And so for me, it started off with thinking about the types of content to produce and then it just iterated from there. Well, what's the next step after thinking about the types of content when well, I need to produce it and promote it and yada, yada, yada. And so that's where the uh, seven Ps came from. I love a good checklist. I love something that you don't have to think about, that you don't know, have I forgotten that? Do I need to include that? And I just think I was looking through it and everything, you've got everything ticked off here. So um, I suppose the first thing that people don't really um, put enough work into is the preparation. So preparing your goals, P number yeah, one. Yeah, so <laughs> P number one, prepare your goals. Uh, so back when uh, I, I first introduced this thing at a uh, WordCamp up here in um, Ontario WordCamp Hamilton, I was talking about these uh, three different steps within the marketing funnel. Um, but now I think of it in terms of uh, four. 
different steps. Uh, you have reach, teach, sell, and support. And what those are is at the top, if you imagine the funnel and, and typical marketing funnel, at the top you have your reach content, uh, or in the case of your prospective client, it's the content that uh, is helping them discover you. So this is all the content that you're putting out there on social media. It's stuff that you want to uh, get found. It's the stuff that brings people awareness of your existence and what you do. So not necessarily too detailed. Yeah, not too detailed. It's yeah. supposed to grab attention and bring people in. Mm -hmm. The next step down from that is teach and learn. So your goal is to teach people with this content. Uh, it's something educational. It's something that solves a problem. And on the client side or the prospective client side, it's helping them learn something and, and uh, learn something new. And that could be uh, uh, advice on how to do something. It could be solving a very specific problem, but there's an exchange there. You're giving them information, they're solving a problem, they're doing something with that information. The next step down from there is sell and decide. And sell doesn't necessarily mean you're closing a deal. It means that you're convincing them to take the next step and give you something of value. Now, that might be an email address for them to subscribe to a mailing list, might be getting them to request a quote, uh, anything where they're giving you more sensitive information about themselves, contact details, money, uh, there's a greater exchange of value at that level. And then down below that, the fourth one that I've, I've started thinking about more recently is um, uh, support and use. So after you've helped your client um, or prospective client come on board, uh, you have that process of uh, introducing them to your to how you do things. Uh, and then once you've built their website, for example, you're helping them use the website. So your objective is to support them and their objective is to uh, use whatever it is that you've built for them. So from the top to the bottom, it's reach, teach, sell, support. And for them, it's discovering you, learning from you, deciding to do business with you or exchange something with you, and then uh, using the thing that they've gotten from you. Right. So each of those steps are quite critical, aren't they? But I think the teaching one, when you get to that, that's um, really important for building the trust. So unless they Absolutely. don't, unless they have that trust of you and, and what you're doing and they, you know, they know that you're putting out some good content, they're not going to go to those next two levels. Exactly. And it's, if you think about uh, the, the actual experience of how somebody is going to decide to do business with you, it's not going to be an immediate one, two, three, four. They'll find yeah. your stuff, they'll read it, they'll leave, they'll come back, they'll read more of it. Uh, maybe they decide they'll subscribe to your newsletter um, and then they'll click through from that. So they're hopping around in that funnel between different steps before they get to the point where they're going to do business with you. And in some cases, it's going to be faster. In some cases, it's going to be slower. But they're going to be hitting on all those touch points at some point on that path to becoming a client of yours. Right. So with this funnel, I think it's important to remember then it's not going to happen overnight. So this has to be, you've got to consistently be putting out this content um, and building up that trust. And I think even once you've got clients from it, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing process, isn't it? Exactly. It's something yeah. that you are sustaining over time. This isn't a one and done. This is an ongoing maintenance operationalizing thing. It's <laughs> something you just keep doing. Okay, so we've got this this funnel happening and we've prepared the goals. The next P is plan your topics. Uh, let, let's talk a bit about that. Yeah, so in terms of planning your topics, uh, I guess if you go back like 10, 15 years, when people were thinking about um, what content to produce, they were thinking in terms of keywords. 
what mm -hmm. things are people searching? Um, I prefer to flip that on its head and think in terms of a teacher. So if you are uh, going to position yourself in a, as an authority on something, um, what are all the things that you would teach about that subject to educate the person? So remove your business owner hat and put on your teacher hat and start breaking down all of that content uh, into different topics. And then from there, that's where you can start thinking about uh, exactly what pieces of content you need to put out, what um, posts are you going to write, what presentations are you going to put together. Uh, the example that I use for myself, um, there's three big themes that I tend to write about and talk about, and that's content, community, and WordPress. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, content is one big bubble, and so it's content strategy, content development, content promotion. But then there's community, and there's community organizing and planning and managing, and there's all those themes within there. And then for WordPress, it might be WordPress themes, WordPress plugins, building WordPress sites. But we have all of these central topics that are branching out. And that's where I start from. I'm not thinking about a very specific blog post. I'm thinking about what's the overall topic or theme that I want to um, convey as something that I'm an expert in or something that I'm very knowledgeable in. I like that. So let's not get too specific at this stage. Think about what your talents are, what your skills are, what your knowledge is. Focus on that. And don't even think about SEO at this stage. Let's think about teaching instead of, you know, all, all the other palaver because the key is getting out good quality information in this day and age, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. Good. Yeah. Okay. So then from there, you've got, you've got your topics planned, you know what you're an expert in. So now it's about producing the content. So this is quite a big one. Yeah, this is uh, the one where I think a lot of people hit a wall. And mm. I know for myself, it, it's tough. Shipping is tough. Oh, yeah. uh, it's hard to uh, just get over that hump. Um, what works for me, and I know it's different for everybody, but what works for me is starting off with writing and the reason I like starting with writing is that the what you write can be repurposed into um, all sorts of different formats so whether you decide that you want to put stuff out on video or you want to do a blog post a blog post or you want to do a podcast everything starts with writing and that might be a script that might be a, a creative brief it might be a storyboard who knows but it's, uh, it's starting with writing uh, so um, firing up Google Docs and just starting to brain dump your ideas, get all of that written down. Don't worry about making it perfect yet. Uh, divide the practice of writing from the practice of editing. Just get into the habit of ca capturing your thoughts and getting things um, written down and noted. And then once you have that, that's where you can start filling in the gaps by going and doing research going and finding the rest of the information that will fill in the blanks um, between the points you want to convey. So so that's the process you use. You, you just sort of start dumping your thoughts on the, on the paper, on the paper or how, what yeah. do you do? Do you, what, do you use Google Docs? Do you write, have a notepad with you? So, so yes to all of the above. So I'm always surrounded by notepads, uh, and a lot <laughs> That's of stuff a sign starts of a off good writer. there. Yeah. Uh, so there's a bunch of that. Um, if I am out on the road, I use um, an app on my phone called Todoist, and I'll just jot down um, quick little tasks for myself, saying like write a blog post about this or investigate this subject, uh, and then 
what I'm actually ready to write, it's usually in Google Docs. Um, if I'm trying to uh, work with folks who are mostly in the, the Microsoft Office side of things, um, we'll do Word Online. Both are free. Uh, they run on the browser, so uh, they get the job done. Great. And Google Docs are making a note of these. Um, uh, bed, bedside table. Do you ever have anything on your bedside table and, and wake up in the middle of the night? You know, some people get these inspirations. I so this is starting to show that I have a bit of a problem. So I also have an iPad. <laughs> this is on, so this is on the bedside table. Uh, yeah, and so if I do have a thought that pops into my head, you know, I'm just lying there. I'll roll over. I'll open up the iPad. I'll jot it down. Uh, the important thing is just having something nearby that will capture your thoughts as they come to you. If you think you're going to remember it later, you're not. It, you're going to forget it or you're, you're going to miss out on certain details. Just capture those thoughts in the, in the way that's easiest for you when you can. Uh, and just transfer that from whatever form it's in into the, the actual document that you're going to be working on uh, yeah. when you have a chance. Yeah. That sounds good. Now, and you just also touched on, so once you've, you've brain dumped all of that, the research is really critical too, because you need to add some authority, some external authority and show, you know, it's not just your thoughts. You've, you've done research on this as well. Exactly. Uh, so, the, so there's a couple aspects to that. The first one is that um, you're adding credibility by pulling in information from other sources, and you're also uh, teaching yourself um, as mm. you're going through the process. Uh, as I was building out um, this presentation on uh, the seven Ps, uh, I was referring to a whole bunch of other posts by other people um, and looking at how they approached creating content and what tools they used. And that became very informative in um, my own process. So not only are you finding sources to cite, but you're also learning and uh, learning through doing that as well. Um, one of my that. favorite ways, one of my favorite ways for, uh, finding um, good content about a particular topic. In addition to Google, of course, um, I use BuzzSumo quite a bit to find content that's gotten a lot of uh, social shares around a particular topic. Love BuzzSumo, it's great. Oh yeah, it's one of my favorite, uh, one of many. <laughs> one of my favorite tools, but one of many. Mm. It's a freemium tool as well, so you can start on the basic exactly. level and then, yeah, yeah. Oh, good stuff. So, okay, now this is the bit P number four, let's repurpose. So for everyone out there who, who finds that content writing hard, this is the bit where, well, okay, you've done the hard work. Let's see how we can get the most out of this. Yeah. Uh, so the, one of the other nice things about writing, as, as I kind of mentioned, was you can take that original piece of content and you can go and do a bunch of other things with it. And one of the things I like doing the most is going and creating a presentation. And uh, I, I know PowerPoint isn't probably isn't the most appealing thing to everybody, but you can do so much with a PowerPoint or a Google slide or a keynote deck. Uh, you can take your key points from the content that you've written. You can, of course, create your presentation based on that. Uh, but then from that presentation, you can do a recording and create a video. There's some video content you can put out on YouTube. Uh, you can host a webinar with that presentation as the basis. You can export um, specific slides and use those as images for social media. If you want, you could stack all those slides and turn that into an infographic for Pinterest. Uh, there are so many different things that you can do out of a presentation. And it's a lot faster to churn out some easy visuals um, from Google Slides or PowerPoint or Keynote than trying to fire up Adobe Illustrator or Photoshop or something like that. So I uh, highly recommend seeing what you can do <laughs> with um, 
just a, a presentation as a starting point. Uh, and then once you become comfortable with that, start branching out into uh, other platforms. I totally agree. There's so much leverage you can get from this and even using it as a lead magnet on your site, you know, you know, give us your email and you get this, this free video presentation where you'll get X, Y, Z. So yeah, yeah, I I think um, there's so many possibilities and that's such a crucial stage of this. You've done so much hard work. Don't let it all, you know, stop at one, one blog post or one whatever. Exactly. Yes. Squeeze as much value out of the content that you're creating as possible. Find all the different little ways you can slice and dice it. Uh, yeah. Another thing you can do is um, go back over the content that you've created, uh, the long form written article, and uh, using a tool like Buffer, and Buffer, another freemium one, uh, a freemium extension for Chrome, uh, you can go in and tweet out particular snippets and quotes from the article that you've written. So there's a, a whole other way of using the content that you've produced. Yeah, definitely. And it saves you having to sit down and think of a million different sort of tweets for it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. So once we've done that, moving on to number five, promote. This is the fun bit. I like this bit. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, promoting your content. um, So after uh, producing the content and repurposing, which is hard enough, the other, Mm. a lot of people will get to that point and then they'll um, drop the ball on the next part of actually going out and letting people know that you've produce something. Um, the first thing you should do, and this is where, where most people are kind of okay, is promoting the content you produced yourself. So putting it on Twitter, putting it on Facebook, just doing some organic social shares. Uh, but that's not enough. I mean, mm-hmm. you're just producing it and promoting it to your audience. Uh, you need to start tapping into the audiences of other people. Um, yeah. So I mentioned uh, BuzzSumo already as a way to research content, but BuzzSumo also has the ability for you to research influencers and finding people who are um, well-known for sharing social media um, content about different topics. So with a tool like that or something like Hey Press or Help a Reporter Out and these other tools, if you can find people who have an audience, then uh, figuring out a way, whether it be strategic partnerships or just asking, um, do some reading up on uh, link building as well. but you want to get in front of their audiences. And a good and way then, of doing uh, that too is, I suppose, even if you've done some research and you've found this person's got some great information on it, include them in, in in the content and then, you know, let them know that you've included them in the content and, you know, and then hopefully then they can promote it as well. Exactly. Uh, and uh, one, uh, one type of con- uh, piece of content that you could create that is uh, very much made for that is if you decide to run surveys. If you're having a hard time researching um, uh, stuff of your own and producing long form articles of your own, try running a survey. Run a survey and ask a whole bunch of people um, for their opinions or their recommendations Mm -hmm. on a particular topic. And then once you have that all compiled into a lovely article, reach out to those people after you publish the content and let them know that it's, it's up there. Not everybody that you invite to participate in the surveys is going to respond, but even if a, a percentage of them do, you still have some content coming out of that. And there's someone who's probably more inclined to share the content that you've produced. Yeah, just on that, we had uh, I had an email yesterday that I was responding to. Someone reached out and they're doing a blog post and they're, they're contacting 30 you know, good entrepreneurs and they want to know what the secret to their, you know, entrepreneur success is. So give us one to three things of, of advice that you can give people on, you know, your success. So they were asking Troy and, you know, so 
if you think 30 people, you know, not everyone will respond, but then they've given a few responses and then you've got a headshot of the person. You can link back to their site. So they're happy with that too. So then you might have potentially 30 people sharing this article. So there's a huge way to, you know, to do it without too much effort. You don't even have to write too much of the content yourself for that one. There's a perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. So promotion, um, yeah, this is where it starts to get that little bit, I suppose this separates the people who are just doing it on an average level for those people who really want to lift the game and take it that little bit further. So after you've done this promotion, which is also another an ongoing thing, I think it's important to know about participating. So you're sort of giving back, you're not just taking all the time. So our number six P is participate. Yeah, so participating in communities. This is another one of those things that you should just be doing anyway, because if you are uh, participating in, let's say, your local WordPress community, it's a great way of not only finding people that might need your help, so potential uh, lead generation, but also potential business partners. Mm. Uh, back when I was doing a lot of freelance work and working in agencies, uh, we formed some great partnerships with other agencies and other developers who we could subcontract to or partner up with that allowed us to take on even bigger projects. Uh, but for the purpose of um, content, uh, participating in communities um, online and offline, it's another way to uh, get your content out there. Because if you're able to, let's say, um, answer questions that come up in a, in a meetup or in an online group with content that you've produced and published on your site, that's a great way of finding new topics to write about and it's a great way of giving people something relevant. Uh, and possibly getting more links pointing back to your site, but at the very least, uh, getting more visibility onto the content that you're producing. So give me some examples of you, you saying online and offline getting involved. Give me some examples of that. Sure. So uh, online, um, there are groups like Advanced WordPress uh, on Facebook where you'll find people asking uh, all sorts of questions. And the easiest thing to do in those cases is to just answer the question in the reply. But if you're able to take that question and use it as a prompt to write something more long form or maybe do a video or a presentation about that <laughs> question and then, and then drop that in the reply in the comments, not only are you giving value back to the person who needed help, but you're also giving value to all of the other people who come across that reply. And it's not just contained to that one little comment on that post, it's uh, pointing back to your site where then more of your content can be discovered. Um, on the flip side with meetups, um, actually there was an example from a um, recent WordPress meetup we had here in Toronto. Someone was asking, uh, uh, how can I monetize my WordPress website? And uh, the conversation that followed up from that question went off in one direction and I had a different opinion. So rather than just um, leaving, leaving it at that, I used that question as a prompt to write a new blog post. And then after I wrote that blog post, I went and shared it in the group. Uh, so there are always these little nuggets and opportunities mm. that'll come up in uh, meetups, at events, um, online, where if you're paying attention, you may see an opportunity to address something uh, in the form of new content that you can publish through your channels. So it's a win-win situation, really. It really is. You're helping people <laughs> out. And at the same time, you're doing a little bit of marketing for yourself. Exactly. And there's, a, there's an acronym I always throw myself back to, ABH, always be helpful. And if you just start with that and think about that first, the promotion and the good karma and the marketing will come from that. But if you lead by providing value, 
that's going to win every time. So yeah, just spot think on. about that. Yeah, I like that. ABH, always be helpful. <laughs> always be helpful. And there is that law, and I can never say this properly, the law of reci reciprocity. Did I get that right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, you, you, you put stuff out there and if you don't expect to get stuff back, but you sort of think, yep, no, uh, you know, I just, I'll do that. It always does come back to you. And I think that's what I love about the WordPress community as well. I think everyone really is helpful and, and wanting to, you know, help each other, genuinely wanting to help each other out. It's a fantastic thing with the WordPress community, and you see it all the time when you go to WordPress meetups and WordCamps. There are so many people that are there uh, just on a voluntary basis. They want to contribute. They want to give back. Uh, and it's probably my favorite thing about the WordPress mm. community and why I've been yeah. involved with it for, for so long. Yeah. Now, let's finish with point number seven, and I can guarantee, and I bet you probably know this as well, even if 80% of us listening today did the first six points, I can guarantee that a lot of people <laughs> are not gonna go to point seven, but this is the stuff that you have to do. And I haven't got an analytical mind, so I can tell you that it wouldn't be me doing it, but tell us why proving that this stuff works is so important. So the very last step after you've been producing this content and promoting and participating in communities and, and getting all that good stuff coming back into your site, you need to make sure that this is actually hitting on the goals that you're setting for yourself. So if you think back to the very first step where you're preparing, uh, preparing your goals and figuring out what sort of content do I need to produce, well, all of those bits of content you're producing have different objectives. Uh, the reach content is meant to drive people to your site and to raise awareness. Uh, the teach content is meant to keep to, to bring people back and to get them on your site and staying on your site and checking out other content on your site. Uh, the content that sells or drives people to convert, obviously, that needs to drive them to convert. Yeah. And then the content that uh, helps them use your stuff, well, are people actually using the, the site? So when you're building a site, are they actually going in and are they uh, able to do what they need to get done um, done? And that's where this last step of proving everything is proving that everything is working is so crucial because if you're not measuring and watching all of these different indicators, you're flying blind. You could just mm. keep doing the same thing over and over again, but you don't know what's working and what's not. So if, when you refer to the, um, the checklist that'll be made uh, available, um, you'll notice that against each one of those steps, reach, teach, sell, and support, there are different KPIs. Mm -hmm. And so at the very last step for proving that everything is working, you want to be monitoring those uh, KPIs and course correcting if things are off. So if the content that you're producing to get shared isn't getting shared, obviously you need to adjust that. If the content that you're producing to drive conversions isn't driving, uh, driving conversions, maybe you need to do some optimization on those landing pages or maybe you need to adjust your forms. But you need to be watching those indicators and making sure that everything is working in order for this content to be worthwhile. If you're just flying blind, not worth <laughs> good <doing>. luck. <laughs> yeah, if exactly. you're flying blind, good luck. <laughs> so give me, please, some examples of some tools that we can use to, to monitor this. I know there's lots of different aspects, but what, is, what are some of the tools you use when you're doing this? So at the base level, I'm a big fan of using Jetpack and just the WordPress.com stats. Yeah. Uh, it's not fantastic uh, in terms of detail, but it's better than having nothing. And if you're looking at um, content on a client site, so going, going way back to the beginning of this conversation where we're talking about what's the value of content, if you're doing content on a client site, uh, Jetpack is a good starting point. Mm -hmm. Next step beyond that, Google Analytics 
absolutely. In terms of the amount of data that you're going to get, Google Analytics, nothing comes close. Yeah. Uh, but there's another tool that I'm a big fan of called Hotjar, uh, and it's a freemium service as well, but mm -hmm. it's really good for qualitative data. So if you want to, for example, um, look at recordings of how people are using your site, so where are they clicking, where are they gesturing um, with their mouse, uh, you can see things at that level of detail. You can also throw surveys at them, to ask questions, gather feedback about the content on your site. So you can go much more um, granular uh, through Hotjar. Uh, and then if you're looking at content um, at scale and you're interested in maybe getting some uh, affiliate revenue, maybe you're not just interested in using content as lead gen for yourself, maybe you're thinking about this as also uh, like a, a publisher play, um, Quantcast Measure is another tool that's it's free uh, that gives you some demographics uh, insights, um, which is very helpful uh, once you start going down the path of acting more like a publisher mm -hmm. um, with your content on your site. Oh, that's good. And I'll make sure all these links are, are put in, in on, the, on the page as well so people can download that. So I think it's very important that you do, but the other thing is not to get overwhelmed in this, to, to maybe sort of think, okay, just choose a few tools that you know I'm going, even, you know, this month I might monitor this or, you know, for the next couple of months monitor this. So you're not getting overwhelmed in using too many tools. Just pick a few things to, to see what's working. Start small um, without getting too overwhelmed. Yeah, and with um, certain content, like the, the reach content, the content you're putting out on social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, these platforms have native analytics built in. You don't need yeah. to go and fire up some third-party uh, analytics dashboard. Uh, pay attention to the stats you're already getting because those are good as a starting point for your, your KPIs. Yeah. Just focus on those KPIs and, yeah. and don't, don't start obsessing too much over all of the other information that's getting thrown at you. Yeah. Focus on the things that really give you a strong indicator um, and, and don't stress about the rest. <laughs> that's good advice. So like the one biggest takeaway from this, if someone's thinking, oh my gosh, this is actually sounding, there's a lot of steps here, it's sounding overwhelming. What What's the one bit of advice you, you'd give? Start producing content. <laughs> the just one bit, bit of advice, <laughs> just do it, just do it. Yeah. Uh, if nothing else, you'd get over the fear of either the content that you're producing isn't good enough or that you don't have enough time to do it. Mm. Just get into a habit of producing on a regular basis. You'll Your content will improve over time, the quality, the production values, all that will improve. Yeah. Uh, and by forcing yourself to do it, you'll make time for it. There's only X number of hours in the day. Uh, you just need to make the time yeah. to make it happen. Yeah, it put set aside, like after listening to this podcast, go, I want you guys to go, set aside some time once a week, you know, to start off with however long you want, you think is practical, put that time aside, set a little goal and see if you can do it. And I think what we say too is take imperfect action. It doesn't have to be the best blog post, the best presentation, just do it and build your confidence up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, Andy, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. It's lovely to meet you. And uh, I'd love our audience to sort of continue this conversation. So uh, put some comments below and Andy can get back and, and have a chat to you. But where's another good way people can reach out to you, Andy? Uh, easiest place to find me is on Twitter at AndyMCI and also my blog, AndyMCI.com. Beautiful. Okay, well, thanks for joining us and uh, we'll, we'll see you soon.
Thank you. Have a good one. How good were those tips from Andy? If you want to make sure that you've got them at hand and you can print them out, make sure you go to wpelevation.com slash Andy McElwain, M-C-I-L-W-A-I-N, and you can download that free checklist that summarizes all of those tips. And also make sure you subscribe to iTunes. We'd love you to go over and leave us a rating and review, wpelevation.com slash iTunes. So your mission this week, should you choose to accept it, is to put aside a little bit of time each week to start really focusing and and getting that content that you've got up and at it. Start leveraging it and see what you can do. Leave us some feedback below. I'd love to hear your comments on how you're finding it. Until then, go elevate.